This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. It's today's hot topic, safe injection sites in the city of Toronto. The first of three sites has opened. It's near Young and Dundas, run by Toronto Public Health and approved by Health Canada. The Health Canada news release says supervised areas save lives and improve health without increasing drug use or nearby crime. But one vocal city councillor disagrees. Giorgio Mammoliti joins me on the line. Thanks for joining us, Giorgio. I hope you can hear me. Thank you. I can. What are your concerns? Well, I think it's, uh, it's for me, uh, having been to Vancouver, whom uh, we are mimicking right now with this particular approach um, proves to me that what they're suggesting just doesn't work and that in fact has the complete opposite uh, with respect to uh, safety. I think that that while some uh, might want to try to to make it easier and safer for people inside the injection site, uh, what happens is that uh, addicts are attracted to local communities and they stay outside and there is an increase in terms of both usage and overdoses, and that's happened in Vancouver. So I dispute the, uh, the studies that uh, are being uh, thrown out. I dispute the, uh, the logic that's being thrown out and would suggest that the better option is for uh, the province to declare it an emergency, if it is, and for that money to be used, and, and they do have money for emergencies, to be able to treat the individuals that have addicts and to, and to formulate a, a strategy that becomes a little more aggressive in getting the treatment as opposed to what's happening here, which is really an encouragement for people to take what they're addicted to and legitimize the, the drugs as well. The same people that are arguing that this happened are also arguing that heroin should be legalized, for crying out loud. And I think that this is one of their stepping stones for the future to do just that. Um, there hasn't been enough consultation on this. Um, they've only consulted with the addicts themselves and some uh, very few people in the neighborhoods that they want to put the injection sites on. And I think that this is a dialogue that needs to happen along uh, the whole city corridor, not just uh, certain parts of it, because it is the taxpayer, after all, that's having to pay for this. And then to increase the budget, to have to deal with policing and all the social problems that, that come with it, more paramedics, uh, that sort of thing. That's what uh, Vancouver's experiencing. Oh, we will be speaking with a frontline worker here in just a couple of minutes, uh, someone who works directly with addicts. I also want to know what you think of Councillor Mamaliti's proposal. Will supervised drug injection sites only be successful in hospitals or pharmacies, 
or do you have to go to the streets, which is in effect what is happening here in Toronto? Your opinions are welcome. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740, toll free. Councillor Memeliti, let's uh, go back to the Vancouver scenario. So prior, they they now have safe injection sites and have had them for some time, correct? Yeah. Yes, and I, I actually just come back there. I was there a few weeks ago to take a look at their model and, and ask the questions of the police department, the paramedics, the, the business community, uh, the ratepayers, uh, and they all tend to agree with me that uh, it's not working and uh, a better model should be put in place and, and it, should be one, uh, it should be one geared towards more of a professional kind of approach in our hospitals to get people the, the treatment that they might need and of course, you know, you need to change the, the culture in our hospitals too. They need to start thinking about this as a part of their mechanism in hospitals. And I might add that we have had methadone uh, given out in pharmacies for years now, since the early 90s. And uh, that seemed to have worked in most communities. And why is it that we can't take that particular model and do the same thing in our pharmacies? What you do is you end up getting, um, you end up getting rid of the issues of loitering, the issues of sleeping on sidewalks, uh, freebasing on sidewalks, that sort of thing that they're getting in Vancouver. Um, I would venture to say to you very clearly and to the public that unless the public get, get, uh, get active on this now, on Victoria Street, for instance, uh, uh, just in a few short months and even Dundas Square, uh, you will not be able to recognize it. There will be people freebasing uh, on those uh, the square and on the sidewalks, there'll be people sitting uh, doing drugs openly, like Vancouver, uh-huh. and uh, they won't be going into this facility to do it. And you say this based on what people in Vancouver have told you. Had they gone about it a different way, Vancouver yeah. wouldn't have that area that they have right now. Yes, and if you talk to the police officers, the frontline officers, they'll also tell you that they have had to increase their budgets incredibly at a municipal um, expense, not a provincial expense, a municipal expense, and paramedics, and the budget to deal with this, including the cleanup of all the needles on, on the streets and sidewalks every morning and every night, has increased dramatically in the way of costs. City of Toronto can't afford this. The province, if they want this, the federal government, if they want this to proceed, they have to come to the table with more money. Last week, uh, that pop-up site, uh, Moss Park, Sherburne and Dundas, was set up. I happened to drive by it, actually. That area is heavily frequented by drug users, people with mental health issues. Um, how do you get those people? And you know the you you know the type of person I'm talking about. They're they're so strung out on drugs and they're so helpless and homeless. How are you going to get those people into a hospital to be treated? Let me start off, first of all, by saying that um, it, this is not a victimless crime that's happening out there. Whether, you know, they're, they're addicts, but they're still cre- uh, creating the crime that we see. They're, they're buying drugs from, uh, from somebody that's uh, uh, a pusher. Uh, that's, that's, that's criminal, obviously. Then, they, you know, these same people to get the money to buy from the pushers are breaking into your vehicles, in your homes, to steal things to be able to buy that from that pusher. So it's not a victimless crime. And I think that the way to, to deal with this is clearly the, the options that I've brought forward to the table. So it's not evident in any one community that it's, that it's something that every community has to deal with in the way of their own, in hospitals and in pharmacies. 
uh, instead of Toronto taking on everybody's attic and their issues. Uh, but this is more uh, this is more of a uh, of an issue where tough love has to come into play. So if somebody uh, is in court, for instance, that has been caught doing something, instead of sending them to jail, let's send them to rehab. Let's send them to a particular program that the province should come up with uh, in the way of, uh, you know, extra funds to be able to do it. And I think you'll have more success doing that than encouraging uh, the people to, to take drugs openly. And, yes, indirectly encouraging them to break into vehicles uh, and in your homes to steal the money they need for it. Councillor Mamaliti, we have some calls on the line here, who people who want to weigh in on what you're saying and what we should do, their opinions as well. John in North York, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Hey, good morning. Um, I don't agree with uh, George's uh, opinion at all. Um, George, welcome to the big city, uh, the, fourth largest, the fourth largest city in North America. You're no longer in North York, George. Yeah, okay. but, uh, but uh, to be fair, let, let's, let's be fair to Councillor Mamaliti. He has been a long-time public-serving no, civil that. servant in Toronto. That. So let's, let's get yeah. to the issue, okay? No the shots. Issue is, yeah, well, the issue is that people are not, these, these the three people are not going to go to a pharmacy or hospital. You have to go where they are. They don't even go for, to, to hostels or whatever in the area. Mm-hmm. It's a mental issue. They don't even go to, to Goodwill centers where they serve food at lunch or dinner, mm-hmm. which is just around the block. To get them to go there. They're not going to go to a pharmacy or a hospital. You have to go on location. On okay. location. John, I appreciate your call. And, and Georgia Mamaliti, I want to know, uh, before we go to the frontline worker, what, what is it that's going on? What will be going on in these so-called safe injection sites? Well, what will be going on is you've got, uh, you've got social workers, nurses, uh, those that, that really do care. And I'm not saying they don't care. They do care uh, about, uh, about those that might, might be addicted to, uh, to a substance, uh, heroin or otherwise. Uh, and they will, they will uh, watch them and make sure that uh, they take it uh, uh, the, way, the way they think they should. And, and if something should happen, there will be some, somebody there to perhaps take care of them. But what happens in these cases is that they're only, in this case, they're only open for a few hours a day. And uh, the, the, the drug addicts will make their way into the neighborhoods that we're opening this to and stay all day. And they'll stay all day to the point where they're going to take drugs on the sidewalks and in our squares, Dundas Square being one of them. I'm not suggesting that we not take care of this situation. I'm suggesting that we change the culture in the hospitals. Right. So the hospitals are ready to do this. It's going to cost us a little more to do in the onset, but it's going to save us in a lot of the social costs that's going to come out of this as well. So we'll actually save money. So for John, who might be in North York, I would say to John in North York, um, uh, if every community were to just take care of their own addicts, we wouldn't have a lot of people uh, coming to certain parts of the city and, and showing their particular um, their particular issues uh, publicly. I think that we should take care of our own, including including the towns and the villages up north that that have the same sorts of problems. Let's not all let's not push it only on the city of Toronto taxpayer to have to pay for everybody's problems. Well, it sounds like a reasonable solution, whether it's workable or not, and whether the provincial government uh, would ante up the cash that's required for this uh, still to be seen. Let's go to Nicholas Boyce now. He's the provincial director of the Ontario HIV and Substance Use Training Program. Nicholas, welcome. 
Hi, thanks for having me. You and Councillor Mamalide, I saw you both on television this morning. Things started to look a little heated when you were out front of the new uh, safe injection site. You look very differently at this problem. Give us your perspective. Yeah, well, uh, 17 years ago, I went to a rave and I took an ecstasy pill and I watched someone overdose and die. Uh, that was the start of my uh, uh, experience with harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, I now have spent the last week down at the pop-up overdose prevention site at serving a different purpose than the supervised injection site. I've been in the tent watching people inject, talking to them, asking what's going on in their lives. Um, And for many of these folks, what we're doing is trying to build a sense of connection. Uh, People are struggling with serious trauma, mental health, addiction issues. We talk about them as addicts and junkies and crackheads, but these are people. Uh, Mamaliti goes on about this is not a victimless crime. None of us have ever said that. We recognize that people are are doing breaking into stealing, uh, feeding their drug habits. Uh, we really need, if we actually addressed this as the health and social issue it is, if we decriminalized it, we'd actually uh, stop seeing a lot of the, the criminal activity that goes along with it. Uh, what about this? I'm, I'm just, just came to me now. What if you use these pop-up sites or, you know, the safe injection sites, uh, and in the case last week, the pop-up site, use them as sort of a triage center where they could be then transported to the hospital to have the treatment that Councillor Mamaliti is, is speaking about? Well, uh, drug treatment is more than just uh, getting people into hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very often, most people who use drugs actually don't require treatment. Uh, And a lot of addiction treatment focuses on the the drug use itself, whereas if we actually start addressing what we call social determinants of health, uh, what what drives people's addiction is their histories of trauma, the fact that they have nowhere to sleep, no housing tonight, don't know where their next meal is coming from. If we actually start addressing all of those broader social issues, very often the abuse resolves on its own. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're talking about safe injection sites. The first of three has opened in Toronto. What do you think? Do you agree with Councillor Mamaliti that this is going to increase crime? It's going to make areas of the city more sketchy. You'll have people on the sidewalks doing drugs. Or is it the solution to support the people in the neighbourhood who need help? Let's go to Tony and Lindsay. Tony, what do you say about this topic? Good day. I, I was out in Vancouver two years ago, and I saw what was going on there. I've got a cousin who was one of them in Skid Row, and I was out there last year, and it's, it was just recently, actually last year, just the last uh, uh, spring, and uh, I noticed because it was an increase of people in that area because I was looking for my cousin, who, uh, and when I found my cousin, uh, he said, man, this is great, man. He goes, we just go there and just get high and come back. The guy was right. There's no rehabilitation in this. Ah. So where does it go? Where does it go? I think Member Lee is right to a certain degree. we got to put a foot down uh, and say, listen, you know, uh, we, we got to take this to a certain level. Then we got to find, it's like an alcoholic, you know, AA for some of these people to go to an area where, they can slowly get off this uh, this, this roller coaster. Yeah, what, all, I what think, a, all I saw was more people getting free stuff yeah. and, and uh, happy about it. So, well, you know, Tony yeah. brings up a good point. Uh, Nick, uh, the provincial director of the Ontario HIV and Substance Use Training Program, when you go to AA, they're not giving you free drinks; they're giving you support. Could, is the thinking here maybe a little bit off if it, if, it, if it becomes a center where you get free drugs and there's no other support or sub, uh, substantive support? 
So I need to be completely clear that these sites are not offering free drugs. Okay. Um, there is a suggestion, though, that perhaps instead of using illicit toxic drugs, that if we were to supply people with a pharmaceutical grade, that would at least stop the, the overdoses. Uh, it would also uh, get people to start stabilizing in their lives so they don't have to resort to crime. So, so um, we're just, to, just to interject there, we're, so this is where my argument com comes into play. We don't need social workers to do that. We, we have pharmaceutical uh, companies and pharmacists uh, uh, that can do this for us. We're doing it with methadone right now, and, and we can continue doing that without putting communities at risk the way Nick is suggesting and others. So methadone is... You're not talking about your, your other objective, Nick, and that is to legalize heroin and so that you can, in fact, distribute it yourself on those particular sites, that's a part of your objective, is it? Is, is it not? No, uh, I, I, I do talk about the idea. Of, wanted, can you I let me you... talk for a second? Please? Yeah, let's. Uh, okay, Nick, no, you, you finish start. up. Uh, when we talk about legalization, we're not, the, the model we have for legalization is alcohol and cigarettes. I don't agree with how we promote the use of alcohol. You know, if if it's about if we're trying to keep drugs illegal because they are so dangerous, how many deaths and uh, car crashes are a result of alcohol? If that's the argument, then let's let's make alcohol illegal. No, the reason I but, said but I'm aren't we getting aren't we getting a little bit off topic here, Counselor? Uh, no, don't, no, I, I, I would don't also, think I would I also like to. Okay, we are. okay. Could I also? I would. I don't know who Mamaliti's been talking to in Vancouver, but there was a report uh, uh, December uh, in 2016. The head of the downtown east side uh, business association, Landon Hoyt. Uh, says, from our perspective, the injection site itself has not had any sort of negative impact on the business community. Okay, so, so let me can I respond okay. to that. With. Yeah, uh, let, let's I, get I, Councillor Memelady on all, this. First of all, I've heard Nick say, uh, even as early as today, that uh, in a scrum that he's, he's looking for legalization. Uh, secondly, uh, with respect to, uh, to, to uh, Vancouver and the Business Association, I was there, spoke to the same individual. And let me, let me explain that BIAs are a part of any city, and BIAs are not supposed to uh, con be contrary to anything that the city is suggesting because it's a board or an agency uh, from that particular city. So they're not going to be speaking negatively about the city's position on it. And thirdly, if you spoke to this individual, they've become, uh, instead of an association uh, set out to, to change the look of, of a community, they are now spending most of their money sweeping up the needles on the streets and sidewalks. I saw that for myself, and that's where most of their budget goes, is to do to sweep up the needles from all the people that are using on the sidewalks and on the streets and in our alleyways, not in the safe injection sites. Okay, I want to get back to our callers. Tom in Burlington, you have a comment about safe injection sites. Go ahead. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, I think I'm 100% for this. Uh, it'll help the people... Uh, distribute their, their drugs at a safe use. Uh, I think Councillor Marmaliti's uh, suggestion to use a hospital is totally ludicrous because there's people that have been cut, whatever the case is, sitting there waiting in line. Do you honestly think that a guy that's a user is going to sit there and wait for his turn five, six hours so he can go in a room and use properly? 
Okay, his suggestion is totally off the wall. The same way he took the basketball courts down at Jane and Finch. Now okay. all the hoodlums are running around. His idea. Okay, let's totally keep it on topic, Tom. I'm going to move along. I want yeah, to keep it on topic. This is, this is very political. Well, yes. Uh, yeah, you got people that just don't agree with my politics in my own community. Uh, this is much bigger than than politics. This is about our livelihood. Okay, now that, that individual counselor, they painted a pretty bleak picture that if it were to go to hospitals, people would be waiting five and six hours to be seen. First so of all, have we had any have we had any interest at all from the provincial government so no, that your your solution could be workable? No, let me let me say this to you: if if this crisis is as bad as it is, it would be emergency, would it not? And the, well, and the province an has the province this year. Okay, hang on, Nick. The province at its fingertips has the ability to claim it as an emergency and has funds, hundreds of millions of dollars, to deal with emergencies if that's the case. So if that's the case, we do have the money for a model like the one I'm suggesting. And no, I wouldn't suggest uh, we play a part in uh, in an emergency ward in, in dealing with this. I would suggest that we change the culture in our hospitals so that there would be something uh, in the way of um, a room built out close to the hospital or near the hospital that's run by the hospital that deals with addiction matters. Nobody, no, nobody wants to hear that. All they want to hear is that we've got social workers, we've got uh, nurses, we've got all these objectives put in place that's costing us hundreds of thousands of dollars in salaries. Okay. So the city of Toronto can't afford it. Nick, let's get back to you, and then I want to hear from our listeners again. Go ahead. Uh, this is an emergency, and this is the one thing I will agree with. Uh, probably the only thing with Mamaliti is that the, the province should have declared this an emergency mm-hmm. years ago. We've been losing hundreds of people a year. The reason it hasn't been declared an emergency is because we're talking about highly stigmatized, the lowest of the low people in society. We, we talk about junkies. We talk about crackheads. Look at the language we use to describe people. Uh, so it's about a matter of how we how we view addiction and drug use in society, and uh, because drugs are criminalized, uh, we we criminalize people. We then view them as bad people doing bad things, and it's really time that we change our approach. Okay, let's go to Sarah in Toronto. Hi, Sarah. You're on Zoomer Radio. Yes, my perspective on this is perhaps a little different than either of your speakers. Mm-hmm. I'm a frontline lawyer who works exclusively with clients who are homeless and marginally housed. 90% of whom also have addictions. And I think we have to talk about not the sort of ideological positions, but what works and driving addictions themselves. First, to, to Councillor Mamaliti, we already have diversion teams at emergency wards for people with multiple sets of problems. It's called uh, the multidisciplinary um, something team, outreach teams. They have a doctor, a social worker, a psychiatrist, and they were set up by the LINs because of the cost of having all my clients end up in emergencies. The problem is that we don't, there are already addiction doctors in every hospital. The point is that addiction is not something you treat with a medicine and it goes away. Mm-hmm. You can be on um, methadone for the opiates and still have a major uh, crack cocaine addiction or something else. But I think no. Councillor Mamaliti is is proposing that you would have s- support people in place. It wouldn't just be... Um... They're already there. We have, we have an... no, let's just stop for a sec. We have... The basic... oh. Hold on. There are the practical parts of this is that people 
who are living with multiple layers of trauma, mental health, addictions, the things that drive the issue, are also not stupid. They end up, if there is hope in their lives, that their lives will get better, and it's not just about the drugs. They, won't, they, won't they are likely to get housing, that they are likely to get treatment. They actually, many people end up trying to deal with addictions, which is hard. Okay, Sarah, I gotta let yeah. I gotta let our guests weigh in. Thanks for your call. Go ahead, counselor. Not deal with what she's talking about on sidewalks and on our roads. The 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 point that uh, that Nick and others make. They want to make, they want, in my opinion, this is my opinion, uh, those individuals, those advocates want everyone to see this problem pull out so that they deal with it in a health-related way. So I've been told in Vancouver that they want this exposed the way it is so that everybody understands it. And I get where they're coming from with this, but you can't put communities at risk by with that particular argument. And secondly, you're talking to the guy who wrote the policy provincially in the early 90s, and I'm the one who suggested the methadone clinics to begin with. The first methadone clinic was in my own ward on Oakdale Road, a part of the hospital. It worked. And, and, and if you look at a, my report called Caring for Each Other in the early 90s, we changed the way we were thinking uh, about, about health-related matters as it, as, as it pertains to uh, addiction. So I know what I'm talking about with respect to this, and, and it's kind of insulting for people to think that, that they can deal with this uh, on, the, on the streets and sidewalks as if it's going to disappear. It's going to make it worse. Councillor Mamaliti, Nicholas Boyce, I thank you both for your time. It's a conversation that we will continue to have. Uh, appreciate your passion on both sides. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.